Hello, hello. This is Rowan, two sisters with Preggers Can Be Choosers, bringing you the afterbirth, fourth and fourth trimester support group. Today we're going to talk about weaning. And we're a little bit choppy because different people were joining at different times, but still super good content. And at the end, we have a super cool surprise about some prenatal education that we're going to start doing. So stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Okay, that's enough. Um, this is Rowan with Afterbirth, the fourth and more trimester uh, support group, and it's a production of Preggers Can Be Choosers, and today's topic is weaning, and our working rule, rules are that we're kind to each other, we don't bogart, um, and we don't like shame or tell other people what to do. We're just a platform for encouragement and sharing and support. Um, this is not a paid psychotherapy group. This is a group of folks supporting each other and mostly based out of Houston, Texas, but always expanding and growing. So today's topic is weaning. So let's go through and introduce ourselves briefly and then we'll get right to it. Um, okay, so Rowan, I'm a local midwife here in Houston, Texas, and uh, I start working out at birth center full-time where like I'm like the primary midwife on rotation and that's a little bit intimidating but I'm ready and I'm excited and I feel like I'll do a great job so that's my uh my may uh that's my goals and excitement and new adventures coming up in May all right that's me I'll go. I'm Dr. Blythe, uh, two sisters. I'm Rowan's sister, co-owner of Preggers Can Be Choosers. And uh, besides hustling our buns to get that going, I'm also studying for a test. So I spend a lot of time sitting in a chair. And yesterday we had our, um, like started our little swim rotation. So that's really good for my body. And we try and take the dogs for a walk every day. So that is my balance for um, sitting all the time. Sitting all the time. Okay, that's me. Uh, hi, I'm Caitlin. I'm a mom of two, a four and a half year old and a one and a half year old who's still nursing. Um, and my husband just asked me what I wanted to do now that I have more time. And if we put Atlas in at the same school Skylar's in, what I want to do with my life. Now I get to try and figure that out, but I'd have to make enough to cover two tuitions, or at least one tuition. How much is the tuition? Per, per, per kid is like $1,000 a month. Okay, so some type of job that would net two grand at the bare minimum. And I can't hate it. That's the other caveat, as my husband says, it has to be something I enjoy, because he doesn't want me to go back to work and just come home and hate life. Mm-hmm. So, All right, well, this something to think about like with your sewing and your Etsy and that type of stuff right but then yeah. it's about managing net versus uh wholesale and all that type of stuff which I have some good ideas about too oh looks like Mama D just joined us hey Mama D we're uh introducing ourselves and then we're going to talk about weaning if you want to hop in and uh introduce yourself introduce myself now okay hey What's up, everybody? I'm Mama D, and um, I am mother of two, soon to be three, and I'm a birth doula here in Houston, and I'm 
also everything else, right? <laughs> I'm trying to be like, I'm not just a Murphyla, I'm a mother and I'm a woman and I'm a wife and I'm an artist and I love to home decor and, <laughs> and all that good stuff. Um, weaning, yeah, weaning's fun. I uh, have two experiences in that. So I have a lot to say about weaning. Oh yeah, my hair, I cut my hair, y'all. I cut it like a short little bob. And I tried to do like this balayage thing, but it didn't really come out how I wanted to. And it was really like a dark gray the other day. So it looked like I had like grays in my hair. And I literally had this moment of, I look like my mother. because She has the same haircut with grays. <laughs> Which I guess isn't a bad thing because my mom looks pretty good for her age. But uh, yeah, that's that. Okay, Caitlin will talk about weaning first and then something's bumping here um it's, it's it's my my kid ran off with um the the keyboard and she's like hitting stuff oh okay there we go yeah so i went ahead and helped her and muted you okay so um <laughs> it's like wow so overtone makes this hair color deposit that goes especially good in areas that have been bleached out so I'll put a link in the chat, but Overtone, it's a conditioner, and you can put fun colors in it or not fun colors. They have a black one, a brown one. The brown one might look nice. So anyway, Caitlin, why don't you start talking about weaning? So um, we're going on a big trip to Iceland on the 17th, and my 18-month-old is still nursing um, two or three times a day, mostly at bedtimes and things. Um, we do know that he does not need to nurse or even a bottle um, when he goes to bed. It's only if I'm home that he wants to nurse. Um, and everyone can see him clearly asking because he's just like reaching in my shirt and going, ah, 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 and pointing at my boobs. Um, so I know that he doesn't necessarily need it. It's definitely a comfort thing, but it's only a comfort thing if I'm around. Um, and then like he had a fever the other day and he nursed and it was great because then his fever was gone, you know? So like there's, there's part of me that's ready for this to be so over and done. And then the other part of me that's like, um, but there's still so many benefits. So I don't know how to balance that, but I also don't want to be pumping on a week long trip out of this country, you know, all the things. So, um, and with Skylar, with my oldest, he just stopped nursing at 11 months. He was just cold turkey one day. And I was like, oh, thanks. That's real kind. You know, because I had to figure out how to like dry up my, dry my, dry up my supply um, pretty much instantaneously because he would bite every time you, I was, it was even offered. Um, so he just was uninterested. But I, this is a completely different experience than my first. So you're traveling without the kids and that's why you would need to pump? Got it. Well, in my opinion, this is the perfect time. And by the time you come back, he may have new patterns or it might be a rough couple of days, but by then it should be like kind of worked out. So that's my kind of professional opinion. But I, of course, have not weaned a lot of kids. So Mama D, what do you think? Thanks. Um, yeah, we talked about it actually last week because Caitlin came over to the house and hung out. But um, 
uh, yeah, I definitely think it's a good time because he'll be away and he'll be able to figure it out, you know? Um, plus I know you've been through like a lot with your, I don't know, but was it the same with your first where you were having to pump because you just, okay. Yeah. Because I think like your breastfeeding and pumping journey has been like a lot this time around, you know, pumping while traveling. I remember like when you were pumping, like going to New York, um, with your girl trip and then like pumping in like the, the airport and finding a place to do that. Um, and then carrying all of that stuff, you know, with you. I mean, it's a lot. And I think that you deserve your time with your husband, enjoy the landscape without having to like carry around a pump and some ice packs and all that other stuff, you know? I wouldn't even try and save it at this point. If I had to pump, I'd just dump it because I didn't want to deal with it. I don't even want to try and get that through customs. So thanks. <laughs> yeah. Or try and find someone to donate to overseas or, you know. Because I did that. I did that in Alaska and I did that in Colorado and I, you know, I'm just, just yeah. done over it. So, you know, Caitlin. I, I feel bad that I'm the one that, who's more over it before he is. And so I'm just worried that, you know, about that emotional aspect that I'm the one who's done and not him. I think it's okay for you to be a parent and set boundaries of when you've had enough. And how, how many weeks is he again? He's 18 months, so like a year and a half. Right. So that's the point. We're not at six weeks. We're not at 12 weeks. We're not at 32 weeks. We're at however many weeks a year and a half is, right? So right. I think that's a good run. That's a good run. Like 80 weeks. 80. 80 weeks is a good amount of weeks to stop. Right. 52 plus um, 27. Yeah. Or 26. That's perfect. That's the perfect amount of weeks to wean. And there's nothing wrong with, like I had one friend who told me that she always had like somebody on her, somebody was always nursing or touching her or whatever. And it's okay to start, you know, having those boundaries and it's actually teaching consent with your body of what's okay and what's not okay. So just because you're the mama doesn't mean that it's just free access all the time. You know? Oh, he's upset. There we go. So, and I read this really cool article about consent, like when, um, like no means no, I think it was in like some so subversive, like group on Facebook. And it was mostly like a, like a poly and kink group, but in it, they talked about how teaching your children that they can always reach in your shirt or they can, you know, always, you know, like I said, no. And then you look down and there's a kid nursing. That's not, that's not teaching consent. So even though this, you know, maybe we wouldn't equate it so much with like consent and teaching respect for bodies. That's essentially what you're doing in this foundation piece, right? It's like, you're done. Here's a natural good breaking point. The baby's a year and a half old. Like there's a lot of natural flow to it and it's okay for you to want to have your own body and have consent and boundaries about that with anybody, including our children. So I think that's 100% okay. Have you guys, have you ever thought about it in that context before Mama D or Dr. Blythe? Like consent or whatever? 
Okay, we're getting some head shaking here. Totally. Hit me. Mm. Well, we know that kids learn by doing and seeing, not by hearing. So when we, you know, tell them not now, and then we have the behavior that matches that, like, you know, not today or not right now, or, um, you know, just like we, we, we tell them, but we have a behavior that matches what we're telling them out loud, um, then they're learning that, right? So if you tell them, you know, we get to do once a day, like what does once a day mean, you know, and you kind of like teach that, which is abstract for an 18 month old, but um, you're just starting to teach them a boundaries, which I love because when I see a kid like hit their mom or something, I like want to lose my mind or their parent. Um, I'm like, what the fuck? Um, so like we're teaching, like, you can't touch me this way. You can't touch others without consent. Like you're just starting with you. And I think a lot of times parents don't do that with themselves because they're like, well, I'm supposed to nurture and I'm their safe person to swat at. Uh, if they do it with you, they'll do it with others. Right. Not necessarily one plus one equals two here. Um, but it can start with us. So as a, a, a primary parent to say like, you know, we only touch this times or, you know, not right now and ask for hugs, like, and have your kids ask you for hugs. And I know you can't start that like fresh out the womb, but um, as soon as it translates, like I would start doing that. I've totally thought about breastfeeding and just touching in general with consent. Um, Cause I have some people who are touched out, right. Um, but also don't really like to be touched. So the fact that they breastfed or did all these things that was nurturing, it's not like they had a baby and then all of a sudden became super touchy, you know, like sometimes that happens, but frequently it doesn't. And then there's this guilt of like, I didn't magically become a touchy person just because I birthed the child. Um, so like, it's okay to, to set boundaries and it's, probably a good deed for the whole entire world if it starts with, you know, parents. So how about them apples? That's pretty good. And I'm thinking about our parent, our um, mother who nursed me for, I don't know, a long time. And then I think you for like a week before she went back to school or back to work, which is crazy to do a lot of work to nurse a kid for a week and then just go back to but she was really committed to nursing and she was totally for sure not a touchy person like I don't ever think I like you know ran up and hugged my mom there was always lots of boundaries and and you know and my mom in a lot of ways wasn't taught how to touch so because she drove grew up in a very cold environment also but um there was lots of boundaries about it and stuff so you know I'm going to give props to my mom for nursing when she thought that was the right thing to do when in no way was that comfortable for her or something that was in her nature just with ease so all right well that seems to be what we have Caitlin oh wait Dr. Blythe has more well there's also the concept of um like a depressive episode occurring uh when you wean so when it's kind of like the, the baby blues after you have your baby, you have a huge hormonal dump that happens like what was keeping you pregnant no longer is keeping you pregnant. So you have this huge shift in hormones. And so if you like breastfeed after pregnancy, then it seems to kind of like push up a little bit of something that's going to help your milk stay in production. And so in theory, it, it's not as severe, whereas someone who like goes directly to formula, that their body's like, oh, peace out. We don't need that oxytocin anymore. So bye. Um, and that feels really harshly in the body. Well, the same thing that you've had that is 
been keeping the milk produced leaves your body too. And so most people who stop breastfeeding, it happens a little bit over time, right? Like you no longer do the midday and stuff like that. So that seems less harsh. Like my mom, I think about her after a week of breastfeeding, like, oh my God, the physical and then the emotional and the hormonal, like, oh my God, um, what a trooper. But also knowing that because you stop breastfeeding, you will feel that change in hormones no matter where you are. And if I were to go through that, I would totally fucking want to do that in Iceland where I can be like, hey, I'm going to go out for a walk and I'm going to see the Aurora Borealis or I'm going to, you know, look at my husband climbing this cliff or, you know, see green pastures, like something different. You're out of your area. Um, so I think that that is like really setting yourself up for success to protect against the depressive episode that may or may not occur with weaning. So if you already have depression, you had, you know, depression before you were pregnant, postpartum or any of that, like we know that you're going to have some like bluesy feelings with the hormones leaving your body. So like, that's another reason to be like, okay, at the end of my uh, breastfeeding career, I will go on a trip to Iceland. I highly recommend this, like completely doctor prescribed. Okay. And I happen to think also, if you have any placenta pills, you could take a couple of those with you. And those are a way to help mitigate that. Or maybe once you get back and the Iceland buzz is gone, you can um, take those. So. Yeah, because I actually don't, um, I didn't end up using pretty much any of them. Um, so they are all still in the freezer because I didn't use any this time around. Right. So great advice. All right. Um, are you going to put some cabbage leaves in your boobs or uh, in your bra or drink some mint tea to help dry up or? What's the plan? Um, I haven't really thought about it. Mint doesn't um, affect me anymore for some reason. It's like, anyway, um, I'm thinking we have a three hour drive to Dallas, so I might do some cabbage leaves on the drive. Um, Cause again, I can't exactly take everything on the airplane, mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure I can find some cabbage leaves on my, on my way or um, maybe I'll, I will go buy some mint tea or something to put in the, my carry-on or something so that I can find some hot water. Um, cool. Well, that's a good idea. You know, driving to Dallas with your cabbage leaves in your bra. Yeah, that's what's up. And, uh, <laughs> and those won't show on the x-ray machine. So if you walk through the airport with your cabbage leaves, like <laughs> replace them right before you get on the airplane. And then when you get on the airplane, you can like put them in the trash. What yeah. else? And they will totally have hot water. You're flying international. Like they're all tea, yeah. coffee, tea, coffee. I feel like that wouldn't work for me because every time I go to the, 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 <laughs> the airport, if I was ever in Caitlin's situation, I always get patted down because of my hijab and they're always like touching my boobs area and everything and be like, what is this? And, like a funky <laughs> and I would happily whip out a cabbage leaf like, and go, it's a cabbage leaf. <laughs> just pull out my... Because I don't want to spray milk all over you. So take your pick. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Sorry, I got you in the eye there, sir. <laughs> well, I would be madam if they have to pat me down. It would be madam. Sorry, madam. Good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. I um, get profiled a lot, too. Um, I don't have, you know, hijab, but um, just because I especially when I had dreads, that was guaranteed. I was going to get like when my hair was locked up every time it was like, Oh shit. Okay. 
yeah, what is this right here? It's like, I have a pin in my knee from, you know, whatever. Or what is this right here? Oh, it's my nose ring or I don't know, always something. All right. Well, I'm sorry that happens, Mama Dia. But yeah, yeah, just whip out your cabbage leaves, whatever, dude, whatever. And you could actually have some fresh ones, right? You could have your ones, your drivers to Dallas and then swap out in the airport, put your fresh ones in in a Ziploc bag, you know, and then go through security or whatever. And then halfway through the flight, take them out. We might have to have this all cured up for you. Yeah. There you go. I'll report back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rowan, can you tell us what the cabbage leaves do? For those um, who don't know. They dry. Oh, well, <laughs> Caitlin. Do they need to be cold or iced? I can't remember. I don't think it matters, but the cold, okay. keeping it in the fridge feels nice like on the boobs. I think right. that's, you know, cause a lot of times people use it if they have mastitis or they're having overproduction. So just the cooling feels nice, but I think it's the enzymes in the cabbage. So, so you could start with some chili ones and then um, swap out to some room temp ones, but actually, you know, they kind of wear out, you know, like they, they lose their efficacy. So you use them and then swap them out or whatever. So that's kind of the idea there. But yeah, some people like they work just magically fast. And I believe in the past that Caitlin's had some experience with them. Is that true? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. She's she's nodding. Yeah, we had to um I had to do it just for like less than ten minutes just to get my supply under a little bit of control because I was so engorged and making so much milk that I couldn't pump it enough and I could and Atlas couldn't eat fast enough that I was just miserable because I was like needed to be against the pump 24-7 for the first few weeks um, just to like keep up and not like feel like I was dying. So, yeah. yeah, I think they'll work well for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else we got? We can't, we conquered that one. Mama D looks like you're talking to somebody. Do you have That's anything? That's your mama. That's your mom. Oh, right. With a matching haircut. <laughs> I told her to come say hi. And she was like, no, no, no. And then she just said, she said, hey, y'all. <laughs> nice. I'm at my mom's house. They just got back from Turkey. So okay. I the kids to come hang out with the grandparents. Nice. Um, Do you have anything you want to look at together? Uh, to look at together? Chat oh, out. Oh, oh I, I, I. Um, I wanted to actually talk about my first time weaning with A and my eldest. And I actually weaned because uh, I was pregnant with NA and it was like, we stopped at 20 months, but I weaned because I was having a lot of, um, it was really weird. And it kind of like freaked me out, I guess, because I was having like a lot of contractions down there, more closer to an orgasm from it and I felt really uncomfortable like having that with my daughter so I'm like I should be having it with my husband this is just really weird and I feel really and out of my body kind of experience and I didn't like it at all and so I like cut her feeding time it was more like like she would pacify for 30 seconds and I'd be like okay done you know and that's how I kind of weaned her um and I think it was just because of like you know I was pregnant hormones and everything were happening at the same time but that was like the main reason why I weaned the first time. Cause I was just like, this just feels really out of my body. And I just didn't, wasn't comfortable with it, even though I loved breastfeeding and I had like exclusively breastfed, you know, from day one with no pacifier or anything like that. And I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, 
but yeah, so that was like really different. And then the second time I weaned, it was really her who, who did it. And uh, it's funny because at the time I was like telling my husband, I was like, you know, she's, she feeds a lot more than Aya did during the day. And which I was okay with. Um, but I was like, you know, wondering, I guess, how long she would be breastfed for. And then it was like, almost as soon as I said that, she started like not asking for the boob as much. And I really realized that she was doing it uh, on her own when she would like fall or have like an accident and cry. And she would not, you know, want to come nurse. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay, I guess you got this on your own. You're, you're a big girl now, I suppose. <laughs> um so she weaned herself at like i want to say like 16 months or 17 she was 17 months and she's 22 months now um so but she also eats way more than my eldest like food wise she just like she eats her portions and she's not picky about her food um whereas aya has always been like really picky um so uh, maybe she needed more of my milk to fill her up and nutrition her at that time. So that's just, yeah, my two cents on baby weaning. That's good. Hey, um, so Lindsay joined us and Lindsay, we're talking about weaning. Caitlin is fixing to go to Iceland. So she's considering weaning. And so we like kind of came up with a strategy for that. And her baby's about 18 months. So do you want to talk about when you weaned uh, Max or Brooks? we may not be able to hear you yet um can you hear me yeah we can hear you okay so your question was talking about experience weaning, weaning. yeah weaning brooks or max um well max never breastfed um he was exclusively pumped um for 17 months and i just stopped that when i lost my um mental stability uh from pumping but um I weaned when I got pregnant um, and it was really it was hard emotionally for us and for months like we if he would have an accident or fall like we would kind of both look down at my boobs and be like oh sorry and um, and even since then every once in a while I'll ask him like do you want to try some milk but now he's like no I don't want to try some milk like that's the babies um, so he's he's a big boy now, but um, it was it was hard at first. Got it, got it. Did you put cabbage leaves in your bra or anything like that to dry up? I didn't have any trouble, um, and I uh, yeah, I I really just stopped cold turkey, um, and kind of had him. We just did a lot more skin to skin. All right. Yeah. Well, do you want to catch us up on how you're doing and introduce yourself? Oh, who you got there in your arms? This is Eleanor. Um, she is a week old. Um, and my uh, name and I'm new to the group only because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and today it came up and I was like, oh, I do want to be there. I'll see you guys in a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, generally things are going pretty well. Okay. 
one of the things I was just texting Lindsay was um, looking for some postpartum doula support. So I put a couple of feelers out on that for you. Um, Cause Lindsay normally has a helper during the week and nanny, but she's not able to come right now. So trying to get her more support. Are you feeling supported um, enough? Yeah. I was like, uh, well, aren't you busy? <laughs> aren't we on a call right now? <laughs> We're here to talk about postpartum stuff. Um, no, but I am getting lactation. Are still being like crazy. So right now, all I can think about is um, my current breastfeeding issues. Um, getting used to a new kid. I kind of, I guess I thought with after Brooks that like oh, I've done this before. Like it's no big deal. But like forgot that she has to learn how to do it. Um, and so, uh, lactation's coming today instead of Thursday. So oh, good. hopefully good. we'll learn some good tricks of the trade. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. Okay. Wait, I had a breastfeeding dream that I just remembered last night when Lindsay was talking about breastfeeding a newborn. Um, Lindsay, I'm also pregnant and I'm due next month with our third. And I had my, my best friend, cool. Jenna. Yeah, she's uh, my best friend is in San Diego helping her sister out with her six month old baby while her sister is going to work and kind of getting used to that schedule. Um, but uh, <laughs> this weird dream where I was like helping my girlfriend out, Jenna, with the baby and the baby was crying and then there wasn't any milk. And so I was like, oh, just put the baby on my boob and I'll feed this baby. And this, like, my colostrum started coming out of, like, my breasts. And I was like, oh, my God, like, there's something there. And I was like, this isn't going to feed, like, a six-month-old baby, like, colostrum. Like, what is that? It's not going to do anything. And then I was thinking, oh, my God, he's taking it away from my newborn. He's not even here yet. And I pulled the baby off of my breast. It was so weird. It was so weird. And my nipples looked different. Like, they didn't look like my own nipples. <laughs> so it was just so, Sorry. I have to share that with you guys because that just came up randomly <laughs> since we're on the topic of breastfeeding. That's good. That's good. Well, Lindsay, I'm glad you're having somebody come out and help you today. It's going around. That's cool. All right. Yeah, well, me too. we're at 11.45. Is there anything else on anybody's mind before we talk about some announcements and um, some other stuff that's happening? Lindsay, anything else we can talk, um, support you with? All right. All right. righty. Well, um, we decided that um, Dr. Blythe and I and Mary, um, the folks at Preggers, we'd mentioned it before, but we are going to start doing that prenatal education group. So that's going to start um, in June. And we, our name is Elephant in the Womb. And PJ is going to let us use some of those elephant maternity pictures that she took that are so great. So we'll do that. And um, so we'll do 30 minutes of prenatal, like group prenatal education, and then like maybe 30 minutes of like, you know, idea bouncing or talking about it or whatever. So 30 minutes ed and 30 minutes support. And for that one, um, we're going to do it a little bit differently than this format.
this one we're going to keep like it is, where we see each other right now, but then the audio just goes into a podcast. Um, the other thing for the prenatal ed, we're going to live stream it on Facebook at the same time, so that just on the Preggers Can Be Choosers page that people can um, live stream the prenatal education component. And then um, I'm not sure if we'll stay on for the support group part or not, but for sure the education component will be live streamed onto Facebook. So, and then I get, again, after that, I'll load it up into a podcast for people who want to listen to it later. And the topics we have right now is um, one, and I need some help generating ideas for the names for this, but Mary, uh, she's an EMT and she went to a trauma symposium. So like they went through role playing, like if you're you know, pregnant and you're in a car accident or you have a severe fall or something like that, you know, what should you do then? But I don't want to say trauma in your pregnancy, right? So if you guys have some good ideas for that, like a name for that or a way to describe that, but it's from the EMT perspective of, you know, if something's happened, you're in a pregnant body, what's the next right thing to do in this situation? Um, and, you know, we're thinking about like, you know, severe stuff. And um, Lindsay, you might want to jump on that one too, so that we can talk about um, some homeopathy. Lindsay's um, uh uh, rookie homeopathy practitioner. I don't know if I said that right, but um, she does great homeopathy for herself and other people. What do you got to say? I have Dr. the first three topics. Like I have those titles. Oh, okay. What's the trauma one then? I don't think we like that aunt, that trauma one. Uh, Mary came up with it. Safety first for the pregnant body. Oh, that's great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kind of recreating my own wheel here. I hate that. Okay. Because I made notes. Because okay. we meet every other week. PCB. Yeah. Like okay. we are on fire. And then number two, and so it's every other Tuesdays. So we're keeping the same Zoom link. So like if people can't remember what the hell we're doing, they can get on and be like, oh shit. Um, Cause we're meeting. The second one is your Apple watch while pregnant. Is it even helpful? Um, and then the third one is lip and tongue ties with a pediatric dentist. So those three are set to go. We're looking for other topics that will come. And if anybody wants to speak, you know, like, I don't know if Caitlin wants to talk about belly binding, do you even feel comfortable with that? Like maybe you as a belly binder maker, and then maybe someone who, I don't know, like what all y'all think about, but I want to shop from us first because we've been showing up here for a year and two months. So like, yeah, we had our anniversary y'all. Mm -hmm. um, well, Adila is going to have some cool video made of belly binding, um, so there's that, because um, Adila is going to do that too, so. Yeah, um, I actually, um, I'm, I'm trying to launch a new product. Well, let's not say try. You are. I'm launching. I am. I am launching a new product and service that is, um, comes from the Malay culture. And it's something that I've been doing like for myself and my own pregnant bodies. My, my family on my mom's side has been doing for themselves. And, um, but it'll be basically what it is. It's, it's a kit that comes with like, um, tea, like postpartum tea, um, body scrub, massage oil, the paste, um, and feminine wash um like herbal feminine wash stuff and uh a stool softener herbal pill thing and and then i'm also bringing in like a service in with that with abdominal massage the belly binding 
and I just got a film crew come out yesterday to take videos and photography of everything and I use Caitlin's beautiful bind so we you know we did like the traditional bind and also the more modern bind which is like the corset lace up um, style but it's also from Malaysia so anyways, I'm pretty excited about that so if you guys want to talk about Malay style postpartum healing I would love to be a part of that because um, we also I kind of go into as well like um, nutrition wise and what the Malay culture eats because uh, the Malay community um, or in Malaysia has the lowest depression, um, postpartum depression rate in the world. And um, I like to contribute, and Singapore is second behind them. And so I like to contribute that to, uh, you know, our postpartum care for moms after birth. Excellent, dude. Excellent. And let's talk about how we can add this into like, because, um, you know, one thing I'm real big on with preggers is like, how many different ways can I offer like a robust service option? So like, I definitely want that to be part of the postpartum care for my preggers patients. 100%. Yeah. So let's like, let's put that on the chat on how to figure that out too. Caitlin, are you going to keep providing the, the binds? Is that the, the deal here? So you're going to make the binds and then Adila does the service? Okay. Plus your other goodies, Adila. Okay, got it, got it. Well, yeah, okay, so Dr. B, did you write down Adila? And what's the name of that talk there? Do you have a name for that? Come on. Mama D, what's your brand called? Uh, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know. I don't okay. Know. Um, I'll let you know when I, when I do, because the, the pictures and the video, the pictures are supposed to be ready by this weekend. The video is going to be ready in like two to three weeks, and I'm redoing my website, so... I'm hoping to launch it in, um, by the end of June. Okay. So give me, right. give me some time. All right. And then Lindsay, can we put you on for a homeopathy prenatal ed? Yeah. Wait, let me unmute you here. Okay, go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a name idea or should we get that for you? Um, I'll keep thinking about it. And okay. you, you guys are welcome to offer names also. Okay. All righty. Well, look at us starting our elephant in the womb, prenatal education. Here we go. That's right. Preggers can be choosers. It takes all of us. Takes a Anybody village. have an idea what we want to do next time for afterbirth? Have we talked about transitioning like baby into a toddler bed? No, I don't think so. Mm -mm. Or like baby moving into its own room. Baby All moving. Right. Yeah. Let's All talk right. about that. All right. Sleeping transitions. Sleeping transitions. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, baby moving sounds like spinning babies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Transitions. I just like the way it sounded though. Okay. All right, cool. We'll do that one next. I'll update it. All right, my beezies. Look at you guys, our content creators. Yeah, everybody's good. All right, well, let's all unmute ourselves and tell each other how much we love each other. That's what's up. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty, my loves, that's a wrap. We'll see you in two weeks. Don't forget to grab those headphones. If you need a text reminder, you can go to Pregger's
www.pregers.rocks, www.pregers.rocks, or preggerscanbechoosers.com. And there's a text reminder that you can sign up for. We're also on Facebook at Preggers Can Be Choosers. There's an event um, invitation that you can sign up for there. And we also have a group dedicated on Facebook dedicated to our podcast listeners. That's the Podcast Afterbirth Group. So we'll hope to connect with you soon. And don't forget, we're launching our prenatal education podcast pretty soon. So we want you to jump in on that as well. Thank you so much and hope you have a great two weeks.